Welcome to the Heartbreak to Happiness Show with Sarah Davison. If you're struggling with a breakup and you feel shocked, angry, betrayed, devastated, or sad and alone, then this podcast is for you. Best-selling author and award-winning host, Sarah Davison, shares how you too can get on with your life to heal, grow, and move from heartbreak to happiness. Here's your host, Sarah Davison. Welcome back to the show, and I am super excited to announce the launch of Series 2 of my podcast, Heartbreak to Happiness. Yes, I have got a phenomenal lineup of super inspiring guests who are going to share their stories of pain to power, of trauma to triumph, of how they have managed to turn their lives around. And I know you are going to be blown away by the powerful messages that they're going to be sharing. I know this will resonate with all of you listening. So please also do head on over to my YouTube channel where we are going to premiere the video of the podcast as well. I cannot wait to share these episodes with you. They really are phenomenal and I know they're going to help you move from your heartbreak to happiness. Welcome back to the show. And today, my guest is Kamit Bakar. Entertainer, host, and creative Kamit Bakar is the sultry-voiced redhead beauty known as one of the original members of the multi-platinum Grammy-nominated recording group, The Pussycat Dolls. They rose to international fame as a pop sensation with chart-topping hit singles like Don't Ya, Buttons, Stick With You and Beep. As a professional dancer, she's graced the stage with Beyonce, Michael and Janet Jackson, Jennifer Lopez, Alaya, No Doubt and Ricky Martin as La Vida Loca Girl. 2019 saw the Pussycat Doll reunion, which, as we all know, fell apart due to the pandemic. But Carmeet has been back on the road killing the Pride circuit. She's now on a journey of sharing her story of being born with cleft lip and palate, healing and mental wellness, as well as recently collaborating on a beautiful pendant necklace with the Crystal Boutique that's engraved with Shine Your Light, a reminder for us all. So I am super excited to welcome the superstar, Kami Bakar, to the show. Welcome, Kami. <laughs> Thank you, Sarah. Thank you for having me. Oh my goodness, I am so excited about interviewing you because, oh my goodness, you have done so much and you're such an inspiration for so many people. And I know you've gone through so much. So maybe let's start at the beginning. Maybe I know you got really into dancing. I've even seen videos of you when you were little that they played on the Tamron Hall show not that long ago in the States, the big show that you did over there. Um, so tell us a little bit about how you got into this. Well, my parents were in the entertainment world and I kind of grew up around it. Luckily, I was born in L.A. and, you know, I, I was just immersed in that world, which was fantastic. My parents were on tour. I grew up watching them on stage. It was kind of just something that luckily I was supported in um, if that was something that I chose, which I did. And I love it. I mean, I, I love performing and my parents both still dance. They both still inspire me. My dad's 93 and, you know, they're just active and energized. And they always say the, you know, the less you move your body, the less you're able to. So they're my inspiration and I keep, keep it moving. 
yeah absolutely I mean I was lucky enough to stay with you and your mum when I was over in uh well I met you in LA but then we ended up in New York didn't we in an Airbnb with we both share the same agent Matt Dillon so shout out to Matt um but yes your mum Dina is amazing I mean she's such an inspiring woman as well and I know that she went through so much when you were born because you were born with cleft lip and cleft palate weren't you Yes. Yeah. That was um, something back then that my parents had never heard about. And so it was a very scary thing, you know, born uh, and, and, and there was no sort of information or resources or someone to come to the room and explain to you what it is. And I, it was a very scary thing for my parents. So we kind of figured it out as we went along. And, um, but I feel like, you know, being immersed in the arts and everything that my parents did for me was sort of how I figured out my connection about who I was and what I was passionate about and what I loved doing. And, and that was sort of my, you know, when I had, when I was going through surgeries and whatnot, there was that other side that I could always look forward to being on stage and performing and having fun and smiling and forgetting about all the stuff that I was going through. So um they were just really wonderful in keeping me you know in that space which is where you feel the most you know connected (laughs) yeah and I guess that helps doesn't it if you've got something that you're totally passionate about about passionate about that you love then if you are going through a tough time and then you can almost switch off and and is that how that helped you could you switch off when you were dancing Yes, absolutely. I think it's funny. They say, I saw some memes somewhere, of course, on Instagram about, you know, how when you're dancing is the only time when you just like, it doesn't matter who you are, what your name is, what your job is, what you identify as nothing. You are just present, you know? So there's something really liberating about that. So as a child, that was definitely what it was for me. Yeah. And did you always want to you know, dream of being in a girl group? Is that something that you always wanted to? How did that come about? Because I know you're one of the founding members, weren't you? Yeah, I was one of the original members. And, um, you know, people always say, oh, it happened so quickly overnight success. No, there was like eight years prior to building the brand until we got a record deal. And then also the girls switched over from the original group to the recording group. So it was a different chapter in time for the Pussycat Dolls. But um, yeah, you know, it's funny. I had a friend of mine who worked on Extra, uh, Tanika Ray. She used to be a dancer. We used to dance in the 90s together on videos. And, and she, uh, you know, became a host. She's incredible. And she, after the group kind of took off, she was like, you always said you wanted to be in a girl group. I'm like, I did? She goes, yeah, that's what you always thought. I was like, I don't even remember. So I guess I manifested it. You know, it was, it's pretty cool. We, we forget what we actually, you know, we can be so powerful at putting our minds to something and making it happen. Absolutely. Absolutely. And obviously Pussycat Dolls is huge. You know, you're so well known all over the world. Suddenly your life changes. How do you cope with that? Especially, I know that it hit your confidence with your cleft lip, your cleft palate. How did you manage that? And how did that help your confidence when you were thrown into the spotlight? Um, I think that for me, being on stage and performing, people looked at sort of the whole package and could see me for me, not just like when you met me, 
and you see the cleft and you're curious and you're looking at what it is and it makes me different. It's more so you see my talent, my gift, what I'm sharing and exchanging energy and being on stage. I just feel joy, you know, so that was a release for me. And I felt like people could see me for truly who I am. Um, and when the dolls took off, it was incredible. I mean, you know, doing stadiums and, and massive amounts of people. And it was actually interesting because in this group that the imagery was about like beauty and sexy and makeup and hair and people had no idea that I was dealing with something, a facial birth defect, that when we got a chance to introduce ourselves on stage, I would actually acknowledge it. I say, listen, um, a lot of you may not know that I was born with a thermos common birth defect. And growing up, I felt really different, really not pretty. And, you know, I invite all of you to embrace what makes you different, you know, what makes you unique. And it's like, you know, the crowd would go crazy and I would get chills every time I said that it was something that was, um, that rang true, that resonated with everybody in some form or fashion. So it was really special to be able to have a platform and just raise awareness to anything that makes people feel different, you know, and for me, it was being cleft. So now I'm definitely on that journey of sharing my whole story, my journey. I mean, I have been, and I'm an ambassador to Operation Smile, but it's just, it, it makes it that much more special. I mean, being a pop star is great and I love that, but there's also more substance to it when I can actually share the deeper underlying, anything that helps healing. Like I'm all about healing right now. That's my, that's my whole mission. That's my goal. <laughs> I love that. I love that. And I know we went out for dinner, didn't we? And we were talking about all the different types of therapies that you've tried as well. I mean, you know, that story yeah. though, you just told just, you know, I mean, you are known as one of the sexiest women on the planet and to know that you've gone through that trauma as a child and now you're out there and you're owning it. I think so many people hide away from things because they think people will think less of them or it will dull maybe something that the thought process or, the, you know, from other people. But I totally agree with you that that being vulnerable and talking about those tough times or what you've been through can inspire people, can't it? And obviously you're yes. doing that on a massive scale. Yes. Yeah. It's been very rewarding. I have a lot of people that DM me and thank me for, you know, when I'm sharing and, and uh, I, I think I I mentioned it on the Tamron Hall show that there are not very many people out there that you know of, like people know Joaquin Phoenix is born with cleft lip, cleft palate. Uh, there's a couple other people you may know, actors, but nobody's really sharing their journey. And I think there comes a time, especially when you get to your forties, which is where I'm in, that you start kind of needing to deal with all these things in your life that keep coming up. And a lot of it deals with mental health, mental wellness, and healing, whatever there is to heal there. And we all have tons of stuff to heal. And we run in our twenties and our thirties and we're doing all this stuff and we're active and we're busy and it's easy to ignore the signs, you know, but then there comes a time when you actually have to address it, you know, and it just helps you evolve and become a better person and have a better life really. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's very inspiring. Do you think becoming a mom changed how you felt about it too? 
1000%. I mean, I think becoming a mom just changed my priorities as a whole. I remember when I first got pregnant, I think I cried for like three weeks and I couldn't figure out why. And then one day I was like, why am I crying? This is the biggest blessing and the biggest gift. But it's like, it's a shift in, you know, you've been living your life for you. Everything you do is about you. And it's, it's, you should be selfish. You should take care of yourself, you know, but then it shifts. And now everything I do is for her, literally, like to make her happy to take care of her, to do what she wants to do. And without losing sight of myself, however, it's really, it's about her. So like the only world tour I would do is with the Pussycat Dolls. Let's just put it like that. I'm not going to, you know, look to go on another tour and leave my family for just, you know, work or my career at this point. It's a different, it's a different um, place and mindset. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And I, you know, I'm sure lots of people listening will think, yeah, absolutely. I think when you when you have a child, whether you'll become a mom or a dad, you know, it does just shift all your priorities. Your whole world changes, uh, and actually, you yes. can't even remember how you got through life without that beforehand. <laughs> I, I often look at my son and go, "What do they do without you in my world?" I don't know. It's we crazy. always say that, like her, her dad and I always go, "What the hell were we doing with all of our time before?" Like it's. It, we were like, we're literally like pre Keala and like, now it's like, oh, this is what we're meant to do. This is what we're supposed to do. <laughs> yeah. And she's definitely inherited your creative genes, hasn't she? She has, she is her own person though. I mean, she is clear about what she's passionate about. She's definitely gifted and things that I would love her to delve into more. But I think she's almost like, you know, how you're like, well, I want to do my own thing. I want to be my own person. So even though grandma grandpa mommy and daddy were in the entertainment world she's like mm, it's not that important to me i mean she's super talented and she can sing and act and dance and it's not her first passion like she's an artist she wants to draw she does graphic art she does animation she's really fast and witty and 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 i and i just and then she'll be like i want to do karate i'm like how can i support you <laughs> it's not not you know it's just it's like you have to learn surrender to who they want to be that's the biggest challenge but it's it's awesome she's she's amazing and growing up too fast as you know it happens yeah it does it does so you're with uh your partner but you're not married are you you're not married hi it's sarah davison here the divorce coach I hope you're enjoying this episode of Heartbreak to Happiness. I just wanted to let you know about a free gift I've got for you, which I know will help you if you're struggling with your breakup or divorce right now. I'd like to offer you a free week's membership of my Heartbreak to Happiness online support group sessions with unlimited access to any of the groups during this time. So what are they? Well, these are friendly and confidential online support groups run by my accredited coaches. I've designed them to ensure that you know you're not alone and there is help and support out there to help you cope better. One delegate, Jane, said after her first session, I can't believe how much better I feel in just one hour. Another delegate, Wendy, said, my friends and family are so fed up of hearing me talk about this and now I finally feel like I've found my tribe. 
I've designed these sessions so you'll meet other people going through similar situations and you'll be able to share your story in a safe space. My specialist coaches are all trained personally by me and are there to offer support and help to enable you to dial down those negative emotions and let go of your ex. So I wanted to make a special offer to all my podcast listeners, which is a free week's access to this unique support. It means that you will have access to as many support sessions as you would like to attend in a week. And we've got lots of days and different times to choose from. This is a great way to start to take your power back and help you feel more empowered. Remember, as I always say, it's not what happens to you that defines you. It's what you do about it that makes you the person you are. So sign up now at www.saradavison.com forward slash support group. That's saradavison.com forward slash support group to claim your free gift and to move from your heartbreak to happiness. So you're with uh, your partner, but you're not married, are you? You're not married. And how does that dynamic work for you? Because I know a lot of people listening here thinking, I wish I'd never got married in the first place. Maybe that's just what I should have done. Uh, But you're engaged, right? Yeah, it's funny. It's funny, actually, that we're talking about this topic because I think my parents were separated and divorced by the time I was seven. And, you know, I was in the middle of it. I saw a lot. Um, I ducked when a shoe got thrown across the room, you know, a couple things like that. Um, Definitely have some core memories that, and then my mother was remarried. Both of my parents got remarried to their, my step parents for 25 years, both is really weird. And then now they're both divorced and they're friends. My parents are friends and they live five minutes from each other, which is great for me. But, um, I think I never was that little girl that had the dream of like the wedding dress and the wedding and it was never my thing. I'm like, and maybe that came from my experience of like, I don't want to get married. That's not my thing. I don't need to get married. It's a piece of paper, really, you know? So, um, and it seems complicated. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it is. (laughs) Yeah. So, and I remember before I met Kevin, um, because he's four younger, four years younger than me. We were on tour with Ricky Martin. That's where we met. Oh, we met a couple times before, but I didn't see him until then, right? And that's when I realized that he was like trying to get my attention. You know, and I was dating somebody at the time who was really not good for me, um, was a flute that we even got into a relationship, not my type at all, this guy, and was really, you know, passionate and great in the first, in the beginning. And then it, it was like freaking raging bull. All of a sudden I couldn't cut the mushrooms right. You know what I mean? If I came home like two minutes late, he was flying off you know it was punching walls and those are the things that I was like oh no can't deal with that you're done you're out you know um and it became really clear that that's just not someone that is a match for me yeah we dated for 10 months but during that time I think I had said I loved him you know at some point and he never did 
Uh, he just was a different like mentality and, you know, um, and then I was going on tour with, and Kevin was, we had been rehearsing for tour uh, prior to leaving for tour. And literally right before we left for tour at that time, the guy that I was seeing, we got into this huge fight. You know, sometimes you get into a fight right before you leave each other. It's like almost on purpose. Yeah. You create something. It's ridiculous. I literally left like good riddance, like with the finger. <laughs> like it was just so bad. My friends had to like pack for me and take me to the airport. And when I got to the airport, there was Kevin, my now fiance, who, with his arms open. And I ran into his arms into a big hug and never left. And Aww. we laughed because we say it's like it was a tour thing. Um, but it was like we had been building this friendship all along. And I and he was doing little things for me that he would take notice. If I said I left a cookie, he brought it the next day. A particular kind. Like he was just he was there. He was waiting in the wings. And when we finally got together, he was like, teach me. I want to be with you. And at that point I was like, I already know what I want. I want a relationship, blah, blah, blah. I don't have time to teach you. You're like young in blah, blah, blah. Granted, nothing is perfect. We have definitely had our in and outs and ups and downs. And, uh, we've broken up at least three times, you know, through, uh, but the first time was like for a year. And then, so we've been through our things, you know, but we've worked at it and we've committed to working at it every time. Um, and it hasn't been easy, but I am so grateful for our evolution together. We decided to do this together. And I remember when I came back off the tour in probably the first six, seven months from Ricky Martin. And I was like fully in love with him, with Kevin. And that my ex showed up and was like, Hey, and I'm like, Hey, and we were still on cordial terms, but I was just like done with him. And he goes, I just want to thank you for, you know, teaching me and spirituality and, you know, things and, you know, just and, and I love you. And I was like, you're really late, number one. And number two, <laughs> thank you for teaching me exactly what I will never accept in a relationship. Wow. And we had this great conversation about it. And it was just, it made it so clear that I was like, I cannot and will not have that. And then I had this great relationship that really sort of with a younger guy that was willing to kind of be working to mold each other and help each other get to the next place. Cause up until that point, I felt like I was, I wasn't, I never really had a relationship. You know, you're out kind of like doing that circle dance with people, Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know, like, Oh, this is a real relationship. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, working on relationships is key. And you know, the fact that you met someone who was open and said, teach me. I mean, I, I get the whole, well, you're a bit young. You haven't got time, but actually that, that means you can show them exactly what works for you and, and vice versa. So that's a really strong yeah. foundation for a healthy relationship, actually. And, and yes. before you met Kevin, obviously you were with that guy that sounded pretty toxic from some of those yeah. red flags oh, you yeah. just mentioned. You know, had oh, you yeah. gotten your heart broken before that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. My Especially like my first love. I didn't date that many people, but like my first love was traumatic of course you know everybody gets their heart broken and I just remember like crying for all the women in the world you know like and all the crap that we put up with with guys you know and and just like I'll never you know accept that kind of stuff and um but of course that that teaches you you know what you're teaches you the red flags really 
Um, but ultimately, yeah, we're, we're not even married. We're engaged. And actually when he proposed was three weeks before we found out we were pregnant with Kayla. So we got a little Mm -hmm. distracted and I was like, whatever, that's like a show. It's like putting on a production and we've produced shows our entire life. I'm like, I don't need the show. Let's take the money and go travel and, you know what I mean? Do our things, live our lives. We can have a party with our friends and celebrate it, but I don't need the, I'm going to pick the napkin and the chair and the deco. Like, it's just not who I am. Like, I don't see myself in that white dress. It's not me at all. It would definitely have to be like a radical, different, you know, party. (laughs) It would be fun. That's what I know. And the guest list would be insane. So yeah, I think it would definitely be a great party to be at. Well, it might be a Burning Man, so I don't know. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> okay, so you talked about spirituality earlier. Um, tell me, what does spirituality mean for you, Carmen? Um, I think, you know, my, my father's from Israel, so I was born Jewish, and my mother had converted to Judaism. So I, was, I went to a private Hebrew school for nine years, um, and learned Judaic studies and learned Hebrew and all that. And then, and then I was really interested in church because my best friends were not Jewish and I would go to church with them and like watch all these things, listen to the prayers. And I just kind of sort of, um, but then my grandmother was from Indonesia and she taught me a lot of Buddhistic philosophies, you know, and reincarnation and just, I kind of took the things that resonated with me what made sense for me and um i think this is a newer generation that is not so indoctrinated with religion and that's exactly what we've been doing with my daughter keala is kind of allowing her to find uh find herself and find how you know she can source everything um instead of putting it sort of into an outward thing um that's just our philosophy that's just yeah. our how we've approached it and I, I remember when she was like four she was playing at a friend's house and one of the relatives came by it was like holiday time with like this little nativity set and she's like look at this little nativity set and you know Kayla was like what is that and she's like it's little baby Jesus she's like who's Jesus <laughs> I was like um well, she doesn't really know, you know, but it's, everything is taught, you know? And so, um, we just instill confidence and her own self empowerment. And, uh, we talk, we communicate a lot with her about her feelings and how to work through things. And she's really great. She's found her, I mean, she's literally given me some wisdom sometimes when I'm going through something. She's like, you know, mommy, sometimes people have rough childhoods and they just, they don't know any better and they have to heal. And I'm like, who are you? You know, like, <laughs> but, but, but yeah. I, it's, I'm like, oh yeah, that's, that's what I want her to find for herself, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's a beautiful thing. I've heard stories when she's at school and kids are fighting. She goes, you guys should just talk, you know, and she definitely, she tries to, you know, be the mediator. And it's just really sweet. Like she's, she's a good girl. And I love that. So to me, that's what spirituality is, you know, finding yourself, finding yourself as a source. I love that because I think, you know, especially nowadays, 
the suicide rates for teenagers going through the roof. They're turning to coping mechanisms to deal with stress yeah. and anxiety. And there is stress. And obviously a lot of them, you know, had their childhoods during the pandemic, which obviously was very, very difficult. But turning yeah. to coping mechanisms like suicide or self-harming, I mean, there's shocking statistics, like, like two thirds of, of girls have tried self-harming. You know, you think... <sighs> goodness me like when you know you and I are same age actually and yeah when we were younger that just wasn't really a a well-known or documented option there certainly weren't YouTube videos on it so you know that's why this kind of information that you're teaching Kiana and and and, you know it would be great if they could teach that at school and that we could all tap into that right yeah big time I know um you know a friend of mine uh little x he's a director he's in Canada he's been advocating for, you know, implementing meditation in school and how that would change a generation, you know, moving forward. And it's just so powerful just to kind of um, calm the brain. Because right now with all the overstimulation and, you know, social media and YouTube, there's always something that's like spinning your wheels. And that's why kids are like on like high hyperactivity, you know, brain waves. It's crazy. And then, you know, there's also the actual I think electrical glitch that happens when you you know the kids hold the iPads and all that and it's in, and then the EMFs it's just there's so much that is contributing to that it's really crazy it's really sad I'm so glad that mental health is just a topic that we are open about now and talking about and there also are so many modalities that you can find that aren't pharmaceutical that aren't you know um but that normalize it you know that it's it's we are all dealing with something and we still don't even know the long-term effects of how the pandemic has affected our kids like we all know it like made us crazy but the kids went this is like something that's sort of in their core you know foundation and and i don't think they even know how it's gonna affect them in the long run no Um, and, and and to them things like wearing a mask is normal you know and for us that's never been a normal thing you know to imagine you know having your freedom and do all those things things really changed didn't they for such a long time um yeah different normal to us yeah and and there's something even um you know metaphoric like in the way that this you know yeah covering your mouth yeah covering your mouth covering your voice you know um everybody's sort of submitting in a way you know it's yes, it was, we had to do it. There was reasons, but, um, I know specifically friends and kids that it's completely changed the person, the, this child that I know he's Mm. like, got, you could tell he's like freaked out. He doesn't want to touch anybody. He's very isolated still to this day. Mm. He's still, you know, sometimes he wears his mask in school. And I, it, from the, I've known him since he was uh, a baby and the parents and it's changed who he is. And I don't know how, you know, how do you kind of get, get them back on track to who they were? I guess it's these tools that we're talking about, you know, learning to be resourceful and to, you know, communicate with people. I mean, that, that is fear, isn't it? It's fear that was pumped out by the media and different sources and just our own fear of, you know, our loved ones dying or us dying or causing someone else to get ill, you know, living with that amount of fear, you know, 
kids are like sponges. They soak things up, but just yes. the same way they can soak up that fear, they can soak up these tools, which can help them, you know, like, you know, through dance that you had to express and let go, you know, anything that you can find that's your passion, whether it's drawing like Kiala or, you know, designing things or, you know, for me, it's coaching and my work, but whatever it is for you, you know, I like going to the gym. That's my way to let off some steam yeah. as well. Get it out. Yeah. <laughs> Lift those weights. Um, but yeah. yeah, for me, that is, but for some people, it's being out in nature, you know, and just sitting by the yeah. lake or the sea or, you know, I love that too. So I think yeah. it's really trying to be resourceful, isn't it? And finding out what it is for you, what it is for your kids, what it is for your partners or your ex or who your friends are right now. You know, it's, it's finding ways that you can heal yourself. And I know you've tried lots of different things, haven't you, over the years? You're like me, you'll try everything at least once. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, there's so many new progressive modalities that you can do. One of the ones that I've been screaming from the mountaintops is neurofeedback. And I know I've mentioned it before. You know, I went through a healing journey that was sort of mind, body, spirit in 2020. I had, um, I didn't know, it started with tinnitus in my ear, like an extremely loud tinnitus that was like, was like gripping panic and anxiety that I, you know, cause it's a stressor in your body, which I found out later I had an abscess under a root canal, um, that I had no idea I had because I had no pain. So, but when you have a low grade infection running in your system, it causes a stressor and everything's in fight or flight. And, and it, it was just a awful experience. But one of the main things after obviously I scream about the tooth body connection, right? Because it can affect cognitive heart and gut. And people have no idea this is going on for years. Right. And then when I mentioned it, they're like, they'll, they'll be like, oh yeah, I kind of do have that one tooth I should check. And I'm like, do it, go get a CT scan, do yourself a favor because it triggers all kinds of things in your body. Um, and so after I got that fixed and that started to repair and clear out the infection, I also did neurofeedback, which was a game changer, game changer. I've recommended so many people to it. And after the first session, they're like, I feel reborn. It's amazing. It's for people who don't know what neurofeedback is, how it works. Okay. So neurofeedback is sort of, um, I guess it's kind of like an EGG when they do the, like they, they check the biofeedback, like it's like the brain waves basically. And what they do is uh, they put like the little electro things on your head and they read your brain waves. And so it deals with neuroplasticity because like what anxiety or depression or addiction or ADD are is really just like a loop, right? Our brain gets stuck in a loop and your brain wants to heal, but it needs a little bit of help, right? So it's like if you were going on a hike down in the forest, that path would become a groove, right? But then there's all this other land out there that you've never explored just because it's comfortable and you know the path and you know the hike. So you're going to go that way. But if it's a negative, you know, loop, which is depression or anxiety or all that, um, you need to switch it up and that's neuroplasticity. So what the but what the neurofeedback does is read your brain waves and then it just kind of like sends them back to you in an off timing so that it disrupts that pathway and it makes your brain go, oh, well, I'll go have to go this way and use other flood, other parts of your brain. And it just awakens them and it 
calms your nervous system Wow, because you're just stuck on that like loop. And so from the first session, you just go, oh, it's like, oh, okay. And then you realize that you can actually, your brain's like able to kind of do something different and it's no pharmaceuticals. It's incredible. Like, I'm just like, I'm blown away and there's different softwares, obviously, like the sessions I do are kind of, um, 20 minutes each 15, 20 minutes you just leave feeling really relaxed and more able to handle everything that comes your way. You're not so like trigger, like high, um, what do you call that? Quick triggered. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Living on the edge there. Like, and I think that's, God, it sounds amazing. I, you know, I don't hear of much of it over here in the UK. Is it quite commonplace in the States? Cause you guys are always ahead of us on these new, new different um, technologies that work. It's not, commonplace here but i am starting to see more and more places pop up um you know but you know the they don't want you to know about it because it doesn't require medication you know yeah not widely and i'm just like wow it can help for um brain traumatic traumatic brain injuries stroke anything like it's incredible it's like you know how they these footballers or boxers like after so much trauma to the head yeah um the brain starts deteriorating literally like that. I think there was that guy, he was like a footballer who killed his, uh, girlfriend, his, his sister's boyfriend or something like that. And supposedly he was just like on a short fuse, everything set him off and he was violent and crazy. And it's because when they did an autopsy on his brain, after they said it was like mat, like extremely deteriorated, you know, it just yeah. gets, from all the trauma. So this kind of work, neurofeedback regenerates the brain. It's incredible. It's incredible. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I suffer from PTSD, so it's definitely something that I'm going to add to my list. I know we talked about it when we're at the States. So yes. I will try and find somebody over here in the UK and, and, uh, and interview them. But yeah, I mean, I, and share that information because, you know, I do think anything like yeah. this is, is worth a go, you know, and I'm like you, I've tried everything, EMDR and EFT tapping everything cacao ceremonies love those yeah anything like that meditation everything um because I do think you've got to find your thing as well don't you because everyone's different and different things work in different ways and you've got to be comfortable with it as well but you know to avoid the the medicating route is always a bonus because you don't get the other side effects that you do when you're taking tablets or whatever yeah perfect and I think it's and I think it's a constant thing. I mean, it's not like, oh, I did this and now I'm good. It's like, it's, there's always something to unpeel, you know, like the layers of the onion they always talk about. There's always something more to address um, that we don't even realize things are blocking us. You know, it could be like something that happened on the, you know, in the car that like, you know, that got you and it's just blocking the blessings really, you know what I mean? Yeah. And who you are and, um and recently my friend just did this uh Erin Hernandez she's a sweetheart she used to be a dancer and now she's kind of gone into that the realm of healing as well and she did uh before the end of the year it was sort of a you know limiting beliefs course Mm -hmm. and really just starting every day with raising your vibration you know because you could be like oh you're good like you feel good and whether it's you're putting on the music and dancing and flipping your hair and then you go out in the car and then somebody's like and you're like damn it <laughs> okay work on bringing it back up like don't let people take that from you you know so 
it's it, I committed to that and it's been working every day. It's been really good because it's easy oh, yeah. to just be triggered by one little thing that happens and then you like, oh, the rest of my day is ruined or whatever, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's so true. It's so true. But I think yeah, exactly it's really good advice you just gave there that, you know, you've got to work at this. It's got to be continuous. You can't just do a one off thing. Uh, absolutely these are life skills and you have to work at them to master them and what I find is that the more you practice what I call the boomerang effect kicks in and you bounce back a lot faster so yes it will still upset you because we're still human you know we still find someone screaming at us in a traffic jam or whatever to be upsetting but then you bounce back so much quicker if you practice these so it's about building up that toolkit so that when those things happen and you do get triggered, or you know, unless you're a robot, you're not going to avoid that. But right. we can bounce back and get back on with our day, like you say, without it ruining the whole day. Totally. I love that. I love the boomerang effect. That's great. Yeah. And again, these are tools that I think are great for sharing with kids as well. Just explaining that to, to, a, to a kid. Yeah. And, and like they like sponges when they're young as well. As well as when they're sort of teenagers, you can you can dry these things. But you know, they usually the kids will soak these things up so quickly. So if you talk to them about it, the more you practice it, the more you know you'll bounce back quicker. You're almost sort of showing them how it's done so that they can take these tools. Because if we'd had them when we were, you know, Kiala's age and my son's age, you know, God, life would have been different probably for me. I wouldn't have got into the relationship I got into, but then obviously I wouldn't have my son now. So no regrets, but you do, you know, if you learned those things, you probably would have avoided some of the right. more traumatic moments, right? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, Kayla had a whole bullying situation at school and boy, was that a, a learning curve, you know, um, for her. Yeah. And, but we really helped guide her through it and she was able to, you know, be an advocate for herself, you know, which was incredible to hear her talk about it. Now, because I'm like, good for you. You know, you're clear. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she does have an awesome mom, but I love that phrase, be an advocate for yourself. And I I love that. And I don't know, have you seen the movie, The Holiday? There's a part in there where Kate Winslet says, um, she goes out for dinner with um, an old uh, movie producer and writer. I used to write this all in the film, obviously. I'm so into the film. I think it's real life, but it's not. But anyway, she's, she's taking this old guy out for dinner and he looks at her and he says to her, you know, I, I don't get this. You know, you're, you're not being the leading lady in your own life. And she goes, oh my goodness. She goes, you're supposed to be the leading lady in your own life, for Christ's sake. What am I doing? And it's so true. You know, we, we often yeah. sort of put other people in front of us or put ourselves down. But actually, yeah. you've got to be, you know, you've got to be your own biggest advocate because, you know, who else will be? Absolutely. Absolutely. I love that. I love it. Right. Well, I've got one final question for you, Kai. We could talk to you for hours, but unfortunately, <laughs> <laughs> I have to wrap up. But yeah, I've got well, one more question. Like, I, my podcast is called Heartbreak to Happiness. And I think it's really important to know what happiness is for you so that you can spot it along the way when you're going through some of those tougher times or dealing with some of those life's challenges. So what is happiness for you, Kamit? Wow. Um, happiness is obviously a balance, I think, of things. Nothing's always perfect. And um, and obviously, you don't want it to always be like that day, that just like nothing's going right either. So <laughs> yeah. Um, but you're, you're also the creator of how you respond and react to things. So it's a choice. Like, yes, it'd be a bummer if I spilled my coffee on my outfit before I, you know what I mean? Like, oh, but I'm not, at some point 
I think for me is what I do. But at some point you got to laugh at things. You got to laugh it off. It might be easier to laugh in retrospect, you know, <laughs> but, yeah. but the truth is, is I feel like that's also what we've done with Kayla too. You know, anytime something happens and we have to reprimand her or, you know, it, it wasn't fun or she ends up crying. We don't leave it on that note. We allow it to settle. And then we come back and we have a conversation with her and we say, you know, that was not how we wanted it to happen, but you weren't listening or you weren't paying attention. We had to take away a privilege or whatever. And you have to understand, understand that. And I said, we love you. It always ends in a big hug and then a tickle and yeah. a laugh. It yeah. doesn't ever end in like, you're bad, go to bed, go to your room. And that's, and go to bed like that. You know what I mean? It has yeah. to have a resolve, if you will. So people don't, and feeling, you know, you don't grow up thinking that that's how it has to stay, right? Yeah. And you, so I think happiness is just making sure that you find the joy, you find the fun in things, even when they're crappy, things happen all the time. Like nobody has a pristine, perfect life, you know, no matter how much social media <laughs> appears that way. Yeah. You know, absolutely. so things are messy. And, and if you can find the joy and the laughter in that, then, then you're good, you know? And, and of course, one of my favorite things is laughing. So. <laughs> yeah. I love that. We definitely laughed a lot when we went to see Hamilton that night in New York. That oh was God. a highlight of my trip. So thank you very yeah, much. Yeah. It was so good. Wasn't it? Oh my goodness. It was absolutely incredibly good fun. And then hanging and, out with and- the cast after was great. Uh, yeah, they were, they were all amazing. But on that note, I, I don't think I got to tell you, or did I tell you? No, I don't got to, you guys left. We went to see Moulin Rouge the next night and it was such a disappointment. I have to say, Aww. I was so disappointed, especially after seeing Hamilton with you. Yeah. It was fantastic. Like it was just Aww. so like, that's Broadway, you know what I mean? And, yeah real like seeing it like that like so close up it was amazing and then I was disappointed (laughs) oh because I know you were really looking forward to that when I left I had to get the early flight back to London didn't I and you were saying to do that with your mom I love your mom do give her a big hug from me I Um, I think she's amazing and I love the way she was looking after us it was like my mom away from home she's cooking dinner (laughs) we got in in so late and she was there she cooked us all a nice dinner so sweet so it was all warm when we got there (laughs) this is absolutely sweetheart but thank you so much Kami where can people find you and follow you um on every social media platform I'm the real Carmeet, which is c-a-r-m-i-t I also just did a collaboration pendant with the crystal boutique that says shine your light you know I'm not wearing it right now I should have worn it um and it's available in the link in my bio um and I love you know, that by the way it's such a pretty pendant and shine your light is something that I use a lot and my listeners will know because I often say you know when you're going through tough times don't let anyone dull your light shine your light bright all the time and then when I met you and you had your pendant I was like oh my god I need this I need this in my life so yes where I can will you find send that? you one I'm sending you one I got oh, it I love you, honey. but got where you. can everybody else find one who aren't lucky enough to get one in the post for me <laughs> yeah no it's in, it's in the link in my bio on Instagram and um yeah I'm just I'm continuing all the things that I love doing I mean usually uh on the summers I do the pride circuit um I think this year I'm going to do some new music and have fun get back into it yeah oh I can't wait for that yeah thank you and I'm working on a book I'm working on some tv projects like 
um, behind the scenes stuff. I'm really excited. I feel like this year is going to be super creative and connecting with people, which is what I love doing. I love working with people. Like that's where the magic happens. And, you know, unfortunately with the demise of the, the reunion and everything, it just really brought to light, like who and what is important to work with, you know, and keep in your surroundings, you know, people that, uh, inspire you, people that lift you up, people that are collaborators, you know, yeah. and, and that's when things are right. And when they flow, you know what I mean? That's when the magic happens. So I'm excited. I feel like people are finally turning the leaf after the pandemic and we're ready to go. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, I've been loving watching your, uh, your videos on Instagram, especially your little dances with Kiala. I love those. They've been brilliant. And I Thank can't you. wait to hear some new music from you and also your book. So Promise me that when your book's out, you'll come back on. And uh, of course, it'll be awesome. We'd love to hear all about that because that is going to be a great read. But thank oh, you, Lee. I really appreciate you coming Ooh. on today. It's been fun as always to chat to you. And thank you so much for being a fabulous guest. Thank you so much for all that you do and sharing your journey and helping others through heartbreak. I think it's so important to turn the pain, you know, I mean, pain into joy, you know, and using that to fuel the rest of your life and create your life. Really. It's, it's possible. It's hard to see it in the moment, but it's important. And we all need a little, a little nudge and help and tools, especially. So it's great. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you for having me. We love that. And we love Matt. Yes, our agent. <laughs> Thanks everyone for listening. That's it for today's episode. Do follow Kami on the real Kami. That's it, right? The real Kami on yes. Instagram. Yeah, that's what all superstars have the real in front because that's how you know it's really them. Um, <laughs> so yeah, go check her out on Instagram. And I look forward to you joining me on my next episode. That's it for today's episode of Heartbreak to Happiness. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review to win a free ticket to one of Sara's virtual retreats. The retreats are a transformative combination of live webinars with Sara herself, coupled with empowering online video programs designed to help you cope better with your breakup and start feeling happy again. For more details, head on over to heartbreaktohappinesspodcast.com where you can also get a copy of Sara's free gift. Thank you and join us again on the next episode for another dose of Heartbreak to Happiness.